Hello and good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I am your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here by my co-host and a special guest. Hey everybody, I am Ryan. I'm the Japan hobbyist out of the Tokyo area of Japan and special guest. It's myself, Harry13. It's been a wee while. I'm glad to be back. It's your go-to Pioneer grinder for the show. Now, we didn't have you on last time, did we? Um, last last season? Probably did, yeah. It's been like probably a reasonable number of episodes since. But yeah, definitely pre-Kamigawa, post mm-hmm. Innistrad, the second set. I can't remember, Crimson Bow, was that the second one? Um, but yeah, yeah. I've, def- I've definitely been on like past like a couple of months ago or so. But yeah, it's been it's been a short while. Okay. Yeah, we, we've seen Emmett a lot. We've seen... Uh... Claudio, Lab, we haven't had a chance to really get you on as often as we would like. So yeah, but yeah, welcome. So, uh, want want to give us kind of your uh, overall hot take then on the on the Kamigawa? Then we haven't really uh, heard you at all what you what you thought of the set and uh, you know, for us focusing on how we think of it. Yeah, the Pioneer. Mm. yeah, definitely. I think like um, the set surprised me. Like obviously, I understood it was a powerful set. There was a lot of really interesting cards, but it's definitely changed the format, and I think for the better because you guys will agree, like. The, the format, like Phoenix dominated the format for about a good mm-hmm. six months, I would say. And even though, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, Pioneers, it finds ways to overcome, like, dominant decks, right? So I think, like, towards the end mm-hmm. of the, the uh, Crimson Vow era, like, Phoenix was dying down a bit. Like, there was other decks, like Jeskai Sensei was picking up pace. Um, and there was a few other decks in the fray, but we all knew that, like, Phoenix was, was the go-to default best deck in the format. Um, in a vacuum mm-hmm. um, and yeah it's just completely changed things around like week one uh, everyone was really high on blue white um, scissors uh, you know mm-hmm. and then um, followed by um, some interesting decks one that Claudio kind of um, pioneered in Pioneer I guess like um, the red black um, Onika Anvil artifact deck um, yep. it kind of yep. acts like uh, Jund in a way, like John Food, but in a different with different cards essentially, but that kind of same grindy dynamic. Um, there's been a lot of decks that have kind of came out of the woodwork. Um, we've got the Grease Fang combo with Parhelion. That's taken a lot of different shells. Um, we've yet to see what the best one is. I know Esper's been really popular, but I, d- mm-hmm. I know for a fact that like players like Todd Anderson and stuff have been trying out the Abzan version and I've seen that put up results. Um, and as always, you have like the, the Boogeyman decks like... Um, Hidden strings find ways to come back. Besages are a really nice mm-hmm. addition to decks like that. There's lots of lots of new strategies coming out of the woodwork. So yeah, it's a good place to be if you want to innovate in the format. There's a lot of space. There's always space to innovate in Pioneer, but like um also mm-hmm. like notably, like White has got a really good removal spell. Uh the March of the Otherworldly something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that card. The one the the white X um exile card, I think that's a great addition. I feel like um I used to always say in uh in Pioneer people used to ask me like, Oh, why'd you play like blue black control over blue white? You know, I used to play that deck for a long time and I always said because the removal wasn't good in white, like the efficient removal wasn't efficient. Um mm-hmm. but now you've got like a, a very efficient spell that can you know, even you can even target creature lands for like just white. It's great. Like um so um definitely interested in trying that out in a blue white control shell for sure and you've also got like the new emperor the four mana one 
Um, that card's really powerful. Uh, I, I tried that out in a blue-white control shell, and I was really impressed by it. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of cards, and there's cards. The Heidi Getsu Saga that I was um, thinking about as well, that card could, could really impact the format as well. It's not been played a lot at the moment. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about with this new set. It's really, really um, put the format wide open. Phoenix has taken a nosedive, and... Results, it's still obviously putting up reasonable results. It's still a strong deck, but it's nowhere near as dominant as it was um, pre Kamigawa. So, would you say that? Definitely. Would you say that like Phoenix basically was good just because it was like the end of the season, or did I mean is it is it because of people just like seeing new cards and wanting to try them out, or is it actually you know gotten worse with all the new cards like? What what do you think is the, the the take here? Um, I think like there's just more powerful ways to attack the format now. If that makes sense, like I felt like a lot of the strategies mm-hmm. in the formats prior to Kamigawa were very like straightforward, linear. Like there was just a lot of like creature decks, ships. Yeah, passing yeah. There was a lot of, of like mm. creature decks, and um, there was like you know yeah yeah Winota. Or you had like distinct. Yeah, a lot of creature heavy decks like Winota, and then there was a lot of decks that were trying to towards the end of Crimson Vow. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning there was like vampires, Winota. You know, spirits was still getting played. Um, Burn mm-hmm. was played for a while. Um, there was just a lot mm-hmm. of like kind of linear strategies that had like straightforward plans, and Phoenix was like very good at disrupting them. It also had really efficient removal combined with really strong draw spells like. Um, expressive iteration and treasure cruise and then you eventually mm-hmm. eventually people found that like the trespass uh temporal trespass combo was really potent so like um it was very mm-hmm. easy for phoenix to like target specific strategies and sideboard accordingly but now like there's just a lot of different things that phoenix can't really interact with as well like the um as i said the blue white scissors deck um the removal doesn't line up well with indestructible like lands and you know really efficient um creatures that can outsize the the burn spell the burn removal spells that they play mm-hmm. um because obviously red removal spells always have distinct drawbacks like they only deal x amount of damage they don't just destroy or exile etc mm-hmm. so that really kind of decks like that could really get under phoenix and um then you had uh decks that were good against these decks that came out uh like uh Jund, Jund Karn, which I've been very high on, like the Jund uh, food. Mm-hmm. Jund food is historically been kind of bad for Phoenix because, well, it's been close, but like having a reason to play Karn again makes you like, you know, you get into situations where you just like play Karn, find Tormod's Crypt and just hold it uh, against the Phoenix mm-hmm. player so they can't really effectively utilize their like arc like Phoenixes effectively game one. And then like um, you can play. I love that addition. Yeah, it's really good. Like, um, and then you can play like one or two Corvolds to like kind of overpower them, uh, and then play cards like Thoughtseize to kind of disrupt them. Like, the, the match isn't easy, and um, now you have like Exile efficient removal spells in white. So, um, I think Phoenix has a harder time now. I mean, even see decks playing zero thing in the ice, which I just thought was crazy because that's the whole reason for me to, why I wanted to play. Uh, Phoenix because it had two different ways to attack the game, or three. Mm-hmm. But now they've if they're going to cut thing in the ice, then well, you've only got really two ways to attack the game, and it's really easy if people play main deck like um graveyard interaction. It's really easy to like 
completely like disarm that deck. So I think mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's definitely harder for Phoenix because you've got like like the red black artifact deck. Like they don't really have a lot of artifact removal, you know. Like and mm-hmm. that's like a weakness of Phoenix. So uh, like game one, it certainly. So uh, yeah, I think it's a lot harder now for them to win, which is okay. good because like you don't want pioneers to get boring. Um, so. I saw that. Well, I'm trying yeah. to think where we want to jump in here. You know, it's kind of like uh, I feel like we could let yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Harry Thirteen talk for a straight hour here, and you know, it, it's all great content. So, like as a as a you know Pioneer podcast producer, I'm kind of like, well, okay, why don't I just let him talk the entire time? Because <laughs> this is great stuff coming out. Yeah. But let, let me think about yeah. where we want to jump in here, and Ryan, if you want to kind of help organize us, just so that we're yeah, we're getting so on one topic and, and wrapping that up. I, I heard your name show up a, a few times. Uh, I think on some other podcasts. I think maybe Kruthi was saying you. Had had a, uh, a, a a top eight with um, ascendancy recently. Is that correct? Um, so, uh, week one of the format, I top. Did I top sixteen? Yeah, I top sixteen the PTQ. I went six zero oh. into six two with ascendancy. So my first uh-huh. iteration of that deck was to basically experiment. I played two March of the Other Worldly whatever it's called. Um, the, yeah, uh, I played yes, two of them perfect. in the, the sideboard, I think. And then I played, uh, I kind of memed a bit, I played a one reality chip in the main, so I could, like, attach it onto Sylvan Caryatid or a Paradise Druid, and then, like, just basically if give myself more options to, like, storm off with Ascendancy if I, like, mm-hmm, started to mm-hmm. brick on, like, you know, drew too many lands off the draw discard. Um, and that actually won me quite a few games, especially when people were playing like um, Narset, where I didn't care because I could just like play cards off the top of my deck. I didn't need to draw cards, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I played against a reasonable amount of um, blue white um, insul, and the matchup felt reasonable. Like obviously, you can stumble on like your fast phoenix, your fast ascendancy combo draws will outpace whatever they can do really especially on the play on the draw mm-hmm. it gets a bit closer but like your removal spells are quite good against them like uh, chain to the rocks um march of the otherworldly light because you can tag the dark steel citadel for just one white mana and um portable hole so like i felt my matchups were pretty good there unfortunately towards the end of that tournament i played against blue black control which is a very difficult matchup and then i got paired into red white heroic which which is kind of close, but if you lose the dice roll, you're unfavored. And then, like, I mulligan to five. Mm. Uh, I lost game one, and mulligan to five, game two, and just kind of get ripped apart um, by their fast mm-hmm. their fast start. So, um, overall, it's quite good. Um, going forward, I decided to change. Um, as much as I love March to the Otherworldly Light, I hate the fact that there's now more main deck interaction for Ascendancy. Because obviously that that card, I'm pretty sure it can it targets enchantments. So people now have like main deck removal for ascendancy. And one of the main reasons why I played the deck was that a lot of game ones were free because very there was very few ways to interact with the deck effectively game one. So I just didn't want to make life harder for myself playing the deck when all the other decks, especially like Orsha of Auras, like so there's going to be a lot of enchantment hate in post board, like more so than usual. So I kind of decided mm-hmm. to abandon that deck. I've seen that a lot of people were playing Blue White Insole and like Auras, Orsha of Auras was starting to pick up. 
So I noticed that people were playing Jund Karn as a, a Karn is obviously great against um artifacts, uh, especially with this red black artifact deck that's now showing up. Like being able to like mm-hmm. uh disarm the artifacts and all that um is is great in the format. And then the cat combo was very good against a lot of like the aggro decks. So I topated the topated the the challenge on the Sunday um the same weekend, um with that deck and unfortunately in the quarters I was playing against Angels and I was I'm not I'm not gonna say I was like guaranteed to win but like I had just enough time in my clock uh to win game three and then Moro crashed. But not only did not Whoa. only did I lose a minute on my clock, I had Meat Hook Massacre to wipe the board and um when I logged back up on I seen it F six my turn. So I just I lost the game because of like Moro unfortunately crashed on me. But um, that's what I top aided with um, a couple of weeks ago, I believe. And yeah, it was um, it was a decent start, and um, I'm still quite high on John Carn at the moment. So is that that's, that's basically? I, I, I gotta I jump to in ask. here. Yeah, I gotta jump in here. I just have to say, you can't call cat oven cat combo. I don't feel like that. That's disrespectful to Sahili. Our, our oh yeah, yeah, yeah. good here. point. Good point. Good <laughs> point. Good point. Um. Okay. Ryan, if I can jump in with a question, uh, I had had a thought, kind of going back to the beginning of what you had said, is that you're like, oh, this is this format made it better. Um, we've, and I kind of want to look at it as that I feel like Kamigawa added a lot of new decks to the format, mm-hmm. and as far as I can tell, it didn't remove any. So basically, we had all of the old meta decks plus more. W- would you agree with that, or can you think of anything that? Has kind of gone away that used to be um, good. Yeah, I think like vampires is definitely kind of off the table for now. Um, mm. Vampires like shines in a world of like distinct, uh, polarized format of creature heavy aggro decks and control um, decks. And, mm. uh, and, and it had a it good had Phoenix a, matchup too, which you said. It had, it had a sure. decent Phoenix matchup and it was able to utilize its cyborg. Like, Deafening Silence took a big L. Um, in my opinion, because a lot of the decks that Deafening Science wants to target plays white, and March of the Otherworldly Light is just a great removal spell. Um, so for that card, so that card's gone down in value. Um, and yeah, a lot of the like, there's a lot of aggro decks out there, like um, the Insul deck, and um, obviously the red black artifact deck that it just doesn't really interact with favorably because you can't really gain lifelink when they're when their blockers sacrifice before damage um and you, you don't have any trample effects in the deck so that kind of and their mm-hmm. creatures are token based so you don't gain zombies from Kalitas, and you just mm-hmm. can't really like mm-hmm. utilize your game plan effectively like gold blank doesn't really do anything because the decks those decks don't really care about um the graveyard as such and phoenix is on the downswing um and yeah a lot of the creature decks just aren't really there anymore so i i i don't see too many uh spirits showing up in the top uh in, in, top eights or top in fairness like bant spirits hasn't really been a deck since phoenix kind of took the helm so i don't think that's really changed much yeah. to be fair like spirits like turns up once every so often kind of um mm-hmm. intermittently but it's it's just not really in a great place at the moment i would say um although phoenix mm-hmm. is gone i don't know how well it interacts with the red black um artifact deck 
And I don't think you're really winning a race against auras with Phoenix. Like, they just, like, outgrow your creatures mm. and have lifelink and, you know, like, it just doesn't really bode well for that kind of deck. Like, your threats are relatively anemic until you get a bunch of lords down, but if they're just, like, making, like, a 2-2 that just, like, generates so much card advantage, you just, like, lose those games, you know? For, like, a threat... Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna say. There's a lot of there's a lot of creature based aggro decks. Like I think heroic in soul and auras all would yeah, outrace there's, Phoenix. There's, so it would be hard to play that tempo you, game. You can't really matchups. play tempo games when all your opponent's spells are generating card advantage and are one mana more efficient on average than your spells. And and also yeah and yeah, yeah and also tough. they just get <laughs> they just outgrow your creatures. So you just yeah it's just a miserable situation for a, for a spirits player you know. Um, so, so I was going to say, so you, you, you started playing Ascendancy, um, you played a little bit of Jund Karn, you said, are there any other decks that you're playing this season or you have been trying out Well, recently? yeah, I actually built a four color Hinata, um, deck that I was trying out. So basically it was playing like Silk. Oh, I yeah, love yeah, Hinata. Yeah. I love Hinata. I love Omnath. So why not both? So mm-hmm. I was playing basically essentially like a like kind of like fo- uh, ascendancy mana base similar like um, playing Caryatids, iterations, growth spirals, four portable holes. I was playing a couple of Prismari commands. I played four Hanata, three Omnath. I was playing four Magma Opus, um, two Gearhulk, two Sub- two Sublime Epiphany, and a couple of March of the Otherworldly Lights. Um, a great thing about Hinata is if you cast Heliod's Intervention, regardless of how many things you target, it's just going to cost two mana. So you could like wipe all the enchantments of your opponent's board for an artifacts like Insole, like just wipe the whole board for two mana. It's uh, out of the board, nice. and it also like facilitates the ability to play cards like Yasharn uh, in the sideboard. Um, so that was really cool, and I tried that out, but I I realized like you can't really beat mystical dispute decks like your deck is so like is is so vulnerable to that and your mana base is still quite clunky so even if you are playing this like super cool like mid top end like you you can just stumble and fall apart you know so i like the idea of the deck in practice it was like slightly too inconsistent for my liking but it's definitely got something there like i know some people were playing jeskai hanata and a control shell Mm-hmm. But like I don't really like it as such. Like I, I just wasn't a I wasn't a huge fan. Although that might be a better shell. But I just like the kind of like mid range, like big mid range pile, essentially. Because um, I I think like Omnath being able to like trigger off Fable Passage to manually cast Magmopus is an option is quite nice as well. Um, but yeah, so I was trying that in a few leagues. Um, I've since kind of disbanded like abandoned that plan um as i said before i'm very high on john's karn i've been experimenting with the build um i've um incorporated like a corvold in the main and the sideboard to like beat the mirror i played uh the mirror and the last i can't remember the last pioneer event i played was it the showcase challenge maybe and i mm-hmm. got smashed uh in the first round because my opponent had a corvold build without the Karn, and it just, like, Cor- I just couldn't deal with Corvold. Um, in the sideboard, I was playing, like, a mini Karn package, but I was also playing, like, a one-off by force and one-off back to nature. Um, I feel like they're very, um, very good and, well, by force good in the mirror, 
back to nature very good against like auras um and yeah i'm still playing that quite frequently other decks have tried um i mean as i said i tried ascendancy slightly updated build um again i just feel like it's a little bit too weak to um march to the otherworldly light at the moment um i've been trying blue white control i've been very impressed with it so far like um the the march is um and a massive upgrade wandering empires nothing mm-hmm. to sniff at either i would probably play at least two of them farewell is another nice addition um to the deck um i like that card a lot i think it's obviously a little bit expensive but like i think the the impact it can have in a lot of these matchups is really good also edge a ganjo seat of the empire is a really a really great um addition to the deck and yeah i've been playing that decks i'm planning to to try out is um basically trying to find an optimal build of greasefang i really like that combo Mm -hmm. in the format i think it's definitely it could definitely be explored more um i really want to try the haidegetsu enchantment um i think that card is really powerful it just needs to find the right shell it might be in some sort of like um Grixis Yorion build potentially. Um like a Grixis Fires, that could be really cool. Um or if we could find some sort of like a four colored Grease fan deck, maybe. Um trying to think if there's anything else. Like I'll probably like Claudia will probably come up with some Nev to like build incorporating all mm-hmm. these cards that might be good. Um He's been playing a lot of different decks recently. I don't think I don't see him choosing a deck anytime soon. Yeah, so I wouldn't. Ex- I wouldn't expect you to be ready with your uh, final build of a deck at least for another. Couple yeah, of weeks. exactly. Like as I said, at the moment it's Jund Karn, um, but I might explore different things. Like obviously, Heidegetsu doesn't uh, synergize well with Jund Karn, um, but I want to find some sort of build for it um, that. And I, I do want to say that I am super surprised you're not playing a blue deck. I never expected you to play something like John. Yeah, I've, I've kind of like expanded my range a bit recently. I wanted to get away from it. Um, basically, I was obviously last year was very heavy on to control decks and stuff like, I mean, Reclamation was such an amazing deck. Um, Ascendancy was kind of like that as well. But like mm-hmm. um, I acknowledged like um, the John deck was just such an obvious good call for the meta um i might go back to you know blue white control um however you know i'm not a massive fan of like really slow control decks but i do like wandering emperor Mm -hmm. because i think that gives you a reasonable clock um so i definitely will be going back to my blue roots pretty soon to try try that out and i think another good thing about wandering emperor is if you combine it with settle the wreckage it's a nightmare for your opponents because if they just attack with like say they attack with like one creature right you can just easily punish them and just flash in wandering emperor right and just like make up mm-hmm, make up walker mm-hmm. eat their creature but if they overcommit, then obviously you could have settle the wreckage and you absolutely destroy them that way mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. putting that um dilemma in your opponent's mind with that kind of like doubling up those two cards is something i'm really interested in as well I like it. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, any, anything you want to say, Kevin? 
Uh, you know, I was just going to say, I've also been really liking Blue-White Control this season, which is a bit of a surprise for me. It's one of the few decks I didn't regularly play, and I kind of play everything. But yeah, I think if I were to recommend a deck right now, it probably would be Blue-White Control. And exactly what you said, March, the New Lands, uh, Wandering Emperor, and maybe even Farewell. Uh, I think all of those have all been looking fantastic yeah, in the deck. I've always said, like, people used to always ask me, like, um, maybe this time last year, like, oh, why did you play blue-black and not blue-white? And I was like, simple, there's no efficient removal in blue-white. None of the removal's good. You get... you. Yeah, you get hit by a den of the bug yeah, there. Yeah, you, you just, just can't do anything. Like, Portable Hole was nice, but it's not Fatal Push. You know, and people are like, oh, but you can target mm-hmm. not just creatures. You know, no, but all, the whole thing, the whole issue with it is creature lands. There's a lot of creature lands in the format, and you don't have good removal for it. You don't have efficient, like, you, you mm-hmm. Azorius, if you Azorius Charm at the end of the bugbear, your opponent doesn't care. They've already made a 1 1 that you've not answered. And then, like, you know, it's just, it just didn't appeal to me at all. Like, Azorius Charm is, you know, it's not a bad card, but it's not what I want to be doing. I don't want that as my default removal spell. And you just ended up falling too far behind all the time in your matches. And, like, you know, I felt like you could just, like, Supreme Bird at the board and then you would just die to Chandra. Or you would just, like, die to, like, a couple of haste threats. And that was it. And your opponents could always play around Absorb because they they had such, you know, the threats were so efficient. And you, you absorb, like, a, a, a two-mana creature and they just play, like the three drop that you actually wanted to deal with but you couldn't risk the two drop resolving and then pa- then passing should just fall too far behind because mm-hmm. once again you didn't have a one mana removal spell to deal with that creature so now that you've got i mean march is not a one mana removal spell essentially right but it does it, it is a very good catch-all and it can um answer creature lines which is your worst nightmare for one mana which is amazing so yeah you you were just talking about kind of the mono red deck. Has that shown up much uh, at all this season? Not just, uh, really, not really, wise. because like so basically last format, the reason why the mono red deck was playable is you had decks like John Citadel, you had Ascendancy, you had Phoenix. They all had the same thing in common. They stormed off. That's what they did. They they played a critical mass of efficient uh, cantrips to get their or to get their win con right. John Karn didn't play Cantrips, mm-hmm. but it played Citadel, so you cast multiple spells. So they played all these two-mana uh, Eidolon effects that punished them, mm-hmm. right? That's why the deck was good. Yeah. But those those decks aren't really there anymore. I don't see people playing um, as it Phoenix as much. I don't see... Ascendancy is not really played that often. John Karn is a different deck. Yes, it has access to both Citadel, but it's not in the main deck. It's in the Karn optional sideboard, which you're never going to bring in against aggro decks, let's be honest. So now, so there's not really a reason to play the deck, in my opinion. Okay, okay. I'm also wondering if with some of these decks that people may just be, you know, they want to try what's new before they go back to something they well, know works. Yeah. Like, I feel like Lotus Field is really underplayed right now mm-hmm. because we know it got a lot better, but it's just not exciting yeah. and mm-hmm. you could be playing, you know, Grease it- Fang right now. I'm wondering if people will maybe go back well, to it. Well, it won the PTQ. Um, a guy I know quite well... Um, uh, from the UK won the PTQ. Uh, was it the PTQ or the showcase? He won one of the events. I think it might have been the showcase challenge, and he played um, mm. uh, Hidden Strings won it, I believe. And one of the issues, the card it gained is probably its own worst nightmare. I think Besaju is such a silver bullet for that deck. They can't interact with it at all. So as soon as they slam the... You just you just have to be patient. As soon as they slam the Onessians, Onessians like, you just destroy it. And 
that can be pretty tough for them because a lot of the decks probably won't play around that effective. A lot of the players won't play around that effectively. Like obviously you hmm. can theoretically generate enough mana over time, but like you probably slam the Omniscience with not enough mana to like rebuild their combo. Um so that can be pretty bad for it. Um yeah, but I think Lotus Builds always one of these decks that I think people just don't know how to time the meta well enough. There's not enough players that are good at mm. that for for it to really see extreme results. Yeah, so on the 20th of February, um, uh, Lotus Field won it, and John Sacrifice came second. So, yeah, nice. and there was uh, four copies of Rakdos in that topic. So... Um, you guys were kind of alluding to this earlier, you know, you, you're saying like, oh, uh, Kevin, you said you wanted to play, uh, uh, you know, blue White uh, this season. And, you know, we're talking about Lotus Field, you know, uh, people just aren't playing it now because it's the beginning of the season. Let's talk a little bit towards the end of the season here. Where did you guys see this going for the rest of the season? Are we going to return to more of the safe decks uh, by the end of Kamigawa as people, you know, kind of get over trying out Grease Fang or, you know, whatever other new cards that came out? Like, where do you see the format ending up in another month? That's a good question. Um, see, to be honest, it's really difficult to give a, a solid answer on that. There's, I, I still think the format, Kamigawa format's underexplored. Um, yes, mm-hmm. I do believe, like, it, Phoenix will gain popularity when someone figures out an optimal build for the current metagame. Whether or not that's just a simple mm-hmm. case of having a good cyborg for the meta, I feel like that's one thing it's maybe lacking is a good cyborg. And um, once it like solidifies a cyborg for a kind of known established meta game, then yeah, maybe it will start putting up results again. Um, I I think you made a good point earlier about how Grease Fang is definitely a deck that still hasn't fully developed you know no one's figured out the optimal build yet mm. so it's hard to say how disruptive that'll be to the meta until we know exactly where that ends up and i kind of feel the same way about the auras deck like that deck has already been pretty disruptive people are definitely playing around it but it's going to be curious you know what the final form is like how much it will impact the meta if people will feel like it's fully answered and stop bringing in hate for it if it'll you know just show up from time to time or if it'll just continue to sit around and be a, a main player yeah. in the format. Well, Light Pause sounds like a beast. Yeah, Light Pause is... Oh, Light Pause, Light pause is a problem. I mean, uh, Claudia was playing that uh, <laughs> Runestone card. The two mana sort of acts like Graft Digger's Cage, but a bit better, but it costs two mana. So that people can't, like, bring... Like, so Light Pause can't get cards from the library. Um, mm-hmm. That additionally works against the Grease yeah. combo, is the other reason. Yeah, right so... Now. I think Auras is very strong, however, I think, yes, it, like just like any deck in Pioneer so far, it can be targeted and hated out of the format to an extent, where the results are less consistent. Um, Grease Spang as well, like, if people just have enough graveyard hate for it, then it's quite difficult, right? Like, um, although that... Or spot removal exactly. for Exactly, although, yeah. like, saying that, that's another reason to play Red Black X, because you want, um... Well, Abzan essentially, because you have like Abrupt Decays, you have like answers to those kind of um, cards that you expect your opponents to be bringing in. Like Outland Liberator is a nice one as well. Um, mm-hmm. It also gives you access to cards like um, Calling Ritual, which I think is a really good card right now, and I expect it to see more play. Um, like, I just really feel like that card is um, really effective in the format. I'd expect that to see. I think Claudio's already trying it out in his sideboard. 
Um, it's really good against all these uh, Auras decks. It's really good against, um, you know, the, the Artifact decks. Yeah, it's just a really nice, nice draft to play at the moment. So my answer is, I don't know, basically. I think, I think, yeah, I think like the the top decks, I think Pioneer will continue to do what it does best and rotate to an extent. Some of the higher decks will stay more consistently at the top, but they won't always be the number one. There will be weeks where they perform less effectively than others. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. But it would, I was going to say, but it will probably stabilize by the end of the season. yeah. Right? yeah. 100%. There will be like an established like top five decks and then decks that are just not quite as good but still up there um, like we've seen before. And, and I do want to you know kind of call out the people that always complain at the end of the season that, oh, there's only one deck in the formats, you know, the modern haters, whatever. There's only Phoenix or there's only <laughs> this deck. I mean, if you only come in at the end of the season to say that, then... <laughs> I mean, that, that totally defeats the purpose, I think. You know, if you go, you know, 80% of the entire season with, you know, like a, amazing results and all these different decks, and then at the end part of the season, oh, it's all the same decks, it's all the same decks, I, I think that's a cop-out. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot, I know, like, there's a lot of players that will have their own, like, reasonings for that, and a lot of people, like, I, I feel like people that, like, really like formats, like Legacy, will pro- who are, like, if, because they, like, the idea of like all these like uh, cantrips and you know brainstorm effects where you have mm-hmm. to make all these decisions and that's what they really like about the format. Like a lot of those players will tend to not like Pioneer because it's not really centered around that. And but trying to s- they should go play they should go play Yu Gi Oh <laughs> yeah. if they like all those. But cantrips. the thing is though, like people have their preferences and you know they're entitled to play whatever they want to play. But yeah, I feel like it is yeah. a bit of a cop out saying like you know. Um, like going on Twitter just to complain about a specific format because you personally don't like it, but try to argue. It's like no, there's like clear pros and cons to each format, and the 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 pro of Pioneer is that yeah, although yeah, there will be an established meta game towards the end of the season, and there probably will be like a few mm. decks that are slightly better than other decks, but but yeah, but like, there's a good like 10, 15, 20 decks that have a shot of taking down a challenge or like some reasonable yeah. event every yeah. any given weekend, and that. You know that for me is a healthy format. It's impossible. It's yeah. impossible to have with all the information everyone has at hand to not establish over time a dominant set of decks. You know, like it's just impossible. I don't think there's many or any games, card based games like that that exist. It's... I think. I mean, it it, all, it the the uh, variance all comes down to the uh, player ability, the player skill yeah, level. Exactly. Um, you know, and. A, a person with a tier two that is an amazing player is going to beat the uh, tier one deck that has a mediocre player. Yeah, more often than not, you know. And I think, like, especially in uh, MTGO as well, because, like, there's a lot of, like, a lot of the top, a lot of the, like, better on average players are all, a lot of them, like, I know I'm part of groups myself where you're collaborating with other, like, like-minded players or arguably better players as well. Mm-hmm. So if, if like 10 or 15 of those players decide to play one specific deck because they all theorize in their mm. own echo chamber that that's probably the best deck, it's probably going to put up good results mm-hmm. regardless. And then it gives you this kind of false narrative of, you know, as opposed to what yeah. is actually the best deck in a vacuum because those players are not always going to get it right either. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I see, I see the noise. Like, I have, I, 
you know, I, I reply to certain people on Twitter to basically disagree with them because I just think there's certain people that just love to, like, I feel like their Twitter feed is only them complaining. And I'm like, dude, what's the point? Yeah. Like, why, why, like, yeah. no one cares. Like, okay, you're, like, it's always players who are, like, obviously, like, quite good at the game. You know, like, right, but, like, dude, it's just, like, shut up, you know? Like, give it a break. Crap, po- crap poster's gonna yeah, crap. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I would have said the the uh, correct word, except, I don't know, I think we're a family yeah, family yeah, show. Yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, yeah. We, we have to say crud posters. posters. Crud yeah, posters, yeah, yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kevin, yeah, anything you want to say on that matter? On uh... Honestly, no, I think, I think we've been... You've been carrying us here. Uh, I've been quiet this episode. I'm okay with Sorry. that. Sorry. Are you staying we'll, awake we'll over there? Do you need some coffee? <laughs> oh, no. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Been playing a lot of Elden oh, Ring today. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, I think I have one more question yeah, then, sure. for you. Um, Kevin and I did a uh, gauntlet uh, uh, podcast, I think, last week. And we talked about what decks you know we're going to be building, what decks we would build to kind of prepare us for the metagame. Uh, you know, this season. So we, we kind of did an early view of, of the season as well. So I want to ask you kind of the same question. What would be in your gauntlet for this season? What decks would you have to play against or to play with to kind of get to know the metagame? If, so if I was, if I was like relatively, you know, new coming into the format and I wanted decks to give me, you know, I wanted to test against decks to give me like a good feel for what the, the format's trying to do at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. what well, are we going to say like five decks? That's an average gauntlet, right? But five, six decks. Sure. I, yeah, five, six decks. I would want good. to be playing against. Um, I want to be playing against uh blue white and soul. I want to be playing against blue white control. I want to be playing against Orshal mm-hmm. Auras. I want to be playing against uh Rakdos artifact, and mm. two more. I want to be playing against Jund Karn. In fact, three more. So I'm going to go with John Karn, uh, Insole Artifact, Blue White, Blue White Control, Orsha of Auras, Hidden Strings, so Lotus Field Combo. Yeah. Um, That's five, right? Yeah, and yeah. two more. I'm going to say Rakdos Artifacts, and I'm going to say, I would still say uh, Is It Phoenix as well. I'd say those seven. Okay. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to add an Iowa Nota as well because that deck does come up from time to time. And you you got to kind of know what, what you're doing there because that deck can floor you if you're not prepared. So eight decks. So <laughs> would you would you say when building a gauntlet, like should you be preparing, should you prepare against like the most difficult decks to play against or just the most popular decks? I think you should do, I think like, um, it depends how much time, you know? Like, so for me, like, the way mm. I'd want to go about my testing is I would want my first, like, 10 matches to just be, like, just throw throw the decks at me. Throw decks at me. I'll play. And mm. then um, decks where I felt intuitive against or, like, decks where I didn't really have to, like, put a lot of focus into. Like, I kind of knew what I was doing, like, working things out. So, like, I don't know. So you, you played against Phoenix a lot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend much time mm. on that, right? That's from last format. It's going to make a few changes here and there, but like you're not really going to have to focus that much on it. Naya Winota, very linear. You know what you need to worry about. Mm-hmm. Hidden Strings, yeah, pretty much the same as it's always been. A few changes, but ultimately, like you know, care about when they probably need to do something before they have like Thespian Stage converted into a Lotus Field and they untap. Like, that's probably mm-hmm. the, the last chance saloon, depending on what I'm playing. 
Um, but I'd probably then realise, hmm, um, Orshavara's, I haven't played that in a while. They've got some new tools. Probably need to work out what I'm doing in that match. Or Rakdos Aggro, that's a new deck with the artifacts. I need to work out what I'm doing there. Blue-White Control, pretty similar, although I need to play around different cards. Yep, I need to play around March that they have access to now. So mm-hmm. I'd go, like, after those, like, 10 games, I'd try to work out, like, okay, what deck am I most familiar with and what deck am I least focus more in-depth testing on the least familiar decks and slowly build your way up to the decks you're most familiar with. And then <laughs> look at roughly, like, the meta game breakdown, see what's likely to come up more often than not, and, um, yeah, build your sideboard accordingly. Okay. Hey, Kevin, you're not going to go to that uh, SCG indie thing, are you? I think you said no. No, that's a bit of a trek for me. I I don't think I can commit to that. Have you been playing any paper recently? I oh, that's also true. Have not been playing much paper no. either. Um, me personally, I think it co- like I love the idea of paper magic, right? But it's a massive uh-huh. time and money sink, in my opinion. Like I, yeah. coming from a guy that can like makes reasonable, small to reasonable profits off playing online and save time because I'm just yeah. like. I, I like I love the social aspect of it, magic. Like I had like a, um, mm-hmm. I had a bit of a kind of like thought provoking moment. Like obviously with the geopolitical issues that have been going on in the world recently. Like I, I remember this time where mm-hmm. I was like playing against one of like the Ukrainian captains of like the worlds, and we were just playing a random PP to Q in Edinburgh. And I just remember the match. I remember so much about the match and what he said to me and stuff. And I was just kind of thinking like you know like oh I hope that guy's okay. Like because he was like we had a really mm-hmm. like. I fought like a really intensive game, but he was like a really, I really liked him as an opponent, and it was just one of those moments mm-hmm. where like it wasn't so much about the like, the specifics of the situation we're currently in. It's more about like, God, I just love like meeting people from different like walks of life, and like yeah. I remember like yeah. I met a guy from Belarus, and we like traded like he gave me his like Cyrillic like um getting tokens for my like English ones, and we just had like a really nice chat, and like I went to like Poland a bunch of times, and. You know, I've met a lot of great friends mm-hmm. from there and like all over Europe and it's just like and America as well, like and I was just like, God, I miss like I miss the buzz of going to like a big GP, like playing mm. against a lot of good players. Just, all those all those yeah. I just miss that, but I don't really care much for playing locally anymore. Like I love like the Scottish mm-hmm. community, don't get me wrong, but a lot of the players I grew like I grew with the game with don't really play anymore uh-huh. and i'm still very good friends with uh. them so like my kind of close-knit group in scotland isn't really there um there's some uk events i'm considering but it's also like i gave my friend my collection to sell and i don't have any intentions of uh. like spending like a thousand dollars yeah and you, you know what I mean? it's like it's, it's <laughs> yeah. magic cards are so illiquid like magic online is so liquid uh-huh. i can rent and i just pay from tickets iron yeah like, yeah it's so liquid you don't have that liquidity with Paper Magic and I don't have as strong a network now as I once did. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Is like, well, the less I play, the less, like, bonds I'm going to make with other players, the less likely I'm going to be able to borrow cards, mm-hmm. the more I'd have to spend. I don't want to do that. So, I will probably mm-hmm. say, I will almost certainly, if G- if Grand Prix come back and they're anything, if they're like, You'll yeah, play. basically, if it's an excuse to go to a nice European city, for a weekend, hang out with some friends. If I can get a deck, you know, if you know, you know, what it's like you're probably gonna have to buy some cards. I need to spend like a hundred dollars mm-hmm. or so. So be it, right? Um, because I can just sell mm-hmm. them back to like the, um, 
the venue for like you know 30 percent less than kind of 30 percent less than what yeah. i'm going for but yeah. it is what it is do you know what i mean like i'm not losing a load of, you're paying the tax right so yeah. yeah for me um paper magic is on hold indefinitely until i have a good reason to to play again yeah yeah and 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 thanks for that shout out. Yeah, I do want to say if we have any European listeners, hope you stay safe. Yeah, it definitely. Um, I, I mean, what's going on over like, there? Like obviously, like I feel like you know, I normally don't want to bring up any sort of stuff like that normally, but I feel like this this situation yeah. is completely different to what we normally expect. So yeah, like um, just hope. Yeah. Anyone, especially any of uh, our Ukrainian friends, you know, like stay safe, and you know, I hope um, mm-hmm. I hope this ends soon. And I know that like it's you know even a lot of russian people like i know medvedev like a well-known russian pioneer player like he's basically said he's he doesn't mm. want the russian flag to be uh represented next to him in the the ptq coming up which i thought was mm. a very strong statement um so big mm. big shout out that's uh, you've got a lot of respect there and i've seen a lot of like protests in russia of like the people are just like we don't want this like this is yeah. horrible um, yeah. and it's just like it's just a really awful situation obviously we all hope it it ends sooner or later and there can be you know peace moving forward and yeah democracy can maintain but yeah less war more magic exactly can't wait to be with everybody again but uh i think that's good for today's topic and what would you is there anything you want to say about the metagame martin or do you feel like you've uh had um i generally like i feel like i've i've added everything i could possibly uh this moment um basically you know i've basically discussed everything i was happy to discuss i don't really have any additional comments to make at the moment um all all i would just say is that yeah i'm pioneer is an exciting place like i am playing more formats now i mean i'm i played a bit legacy i'm going to play some more in this season but i'm still playing pioneer Mm -hmm. almost on a daily basis so i'm still keeping up to date Mm -hmm. yeah it's pioneer continues to to be great and long may it continue Right. Kevin, if I can just yeah. add something, I want to say uh, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I think for this whole episode, yeah, Pioneer's great. Exactly. Play it every day. Yes. Ryan, you got anything to wrap us up? Uh, I mean, yeah. If you want to uh, do your spiel, I'm I'm good to go. I'm I'm Perfect. ready. I've... Yeah. So, guys, if you enjoyed this content, if you liked hearing uh, what we have to say about Pioneer, make sure to follow us on. A- twitter at mtg pioneer that's the best place to stay up to date with everything pioneer you can also find links to our discord and we're retweeting all kinds of great pioneer content from there and you guys can find me on twitter at uh yo japan hobbyist um i have seen a lot of people are, are tagging at amtg pioneer more which is awesome i found so many good ideas and good decks you know because of that so please please continue if you have some really good decks that are doing well in mtgo or that you're excited about don't don't uh be afraid to tag us or you know or even just uh you know hashtag mtg pioneer we'll find it that way as well um come into the discord if you're a streamer too yeah. yeah tag us and we'll we'll happily uh retweet your stream out i uh, love to see especially new pioneer streamers yes yes and i have been streaming a little bit recently but it's it's not what you think it's just me putting decks together for my pioneer gauntlet but (laughs) (laughs) just a shameless plug there okay and martin how about you how about your uh, yeah i've got some several shameless plugs but i'll try and be quick um so Mm -hmm. if you want to if you want to follow me on twitter you can it's uh, at harry 13 sco that's sierra charlie oscar and if you if you're interested in articles that myself and other like-minded pioneer players um are providing at the moment you can support us on our patreon you can find that on twitter at, at tac 
Team 9, so TAC Team 9. And I'm now starting Pioneer Coaching. So if you're interested in that, feel nice. free to um, to at me, send me a DM on Twitter, and I can provide you all information there. He's a, he's a PT. He's a, not a personal trainer. He's a pioneer Pioneer trainer, trainer yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kevin. And that's going to bring us to the end of our episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being your go-to source for pioneer information art online. And we are tapping out. Hey, sounds good. <laughs> See you. All right.